the vast majority of people have this perception that meekness is being a doormat where you let everybody walk all over you. Meekness is being indecisive, timid, helpless. Meekness is being fearful or spineless. And please forgive me, I'm going to use the vernacular, somebody who's a wimp. But in reality, biblical meekness has nothing to do with this wrong perception. has nothing to do with it. The best definition of this biblical word, meek, goes something like this. It is having power, but it's under control. Now, we have been looking at the superstructure, which we call the Beatitudes. Jesus did not call them that. We call them the Beatitudes. This is the superstructure that is built step upon step upon a step. And these stepping stairs, we saw the very first one, is being broken on the inside. The Bible talks about poor in spirit, which means I am declaring bankruptcy. God, I can do nothing without you. God, I'm helpless without you. God, I could never save myself. God, you're the only power I need and I have. God, come into my life. That is the beginning. And that's the beginning of what we call a person becoming a Christian believer. But it doesn't stop there. It keeps on going. It is not just an event or experience in life, and then you forgot all about it. No. It continues, that brokenness continues into the attitude of mourning. And that continuous mourning over the condition that we're in and we find ourselves in, the shortcomings and the failures, it comes into developing meekness, power under strength. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who have their power under Happy, fortunate, makarios in the Greek, are those who have their power under control, for they will inherit everything. That's really when they say the earth, everything. In Matthew 5, 5, one verse, the word that Jesus uses was very familiar to the people who are listening to him. They always remember, I told you, in biblical interpretation, find out what it means to whom he is speaking, the writer is writing. Always find out what it meant in context. And so when Jesus talks about blessed are the meek, all of his listeners understood. But here in the 21st century, I have to explain it, because the word meek was very familiar to them, because it described the soothing effect of medicine. It describes the effect of a gentle breeze upon the sailboat. It describes a horse, a wild horse that has been tamed and broken in. Look at them again with me. Medicine, wind, wild animals. The one thing about these three things that they have in common is power. They all have power, right? Medicine has power to destroy viruses. Medicine has power to dull pain. Medicine has power to relax the muscles. Medicine has power to relieve fever. Medicine has power to help in the healing process. The same thing is true of the wind. Wind has power. We see that now, harnessing the wind to create electricity. But it also can be out of control and become a hurricane power. 
Wild horses have power. <laughs> if you watch a cowboy on a bucking horse, <laughs> you would realize what a powerful animal those horses are. The medicine, wind, and horses all have power. But their power, when it's under control, it is a wonderful thing. Great things happen. But if that power is out of control, devastation can result. Medicine at the right dosage, it can bring a process of healing. But if you like the peasant that I heard about years ago growing up, that he said, well, if one spoon a day helps to heal you, I'll drink the whole bottle at the same time, all at once. He just drank the whole bottle. Well, it killed him faster. <laughs> but at the right dosage, it's wonderful. A gentle breeze is delightful in the summer for a great sailing, but too much wind will bring a devastating hurricane. A wild horse that is broken in is delightful to the rider, but untamed horse is dangerous. So when Jesus said, listen, blessed, happy, makarios are the meek, he's telling us about power that is harnessed by the Holy Spirit. It's power that is harnessed by the Spirit of God. Power that is tamed by the Spirit of God. Power that is under the control of the Holy Spirit. Power that is subdued and surrendered to the Spirit. Himerat, please. This is important. You see this meekness very clearly in the life of Abraham in dealing with his wild nephew, Lot. You know Lot? Remember Lot, his nephew? In dealing with his wild nephew, you see the meekness of the man. When they came to blows, Abraham and his nephew Lot, Abraham, who through a lot of pain and painful experiences, learned to have power under control, told his wild nephew, take what you want and depart. Now, Abraham could have said, and in the culture of the day, that is absolutely what would have happened. He could have said to his nephew, everything you have is because of me. That's the natural thing. Lot, you've been ungrateful brat, whatever the Hebrew term is for brat. You're going to get nothing. <laughs> That's the cultural norm. The cultural norm at the time is that the older gets the choice and the younger gets the leftover. So he, what did he say to him? He said, take whatever you want. Go wherever you want to go. Take whatever you think is best. <laughs> I'll take the leftover. I will go in the opposite direction. You take the best land, and I'll go the opposite direction. I will be contented with whatever I have. Whatever situation I'm in, I'm contented. Why? Because Abraham knew that his inheritance is secure in God. Abraham believed that his sufficiency is in the Lord alone. Abraham trusted that it is God who is the source of his blessings. Abraham knew that God's storehouse is limitless. Abraham knew that little is much when God is in it. Abraham also knew that his greedy nephew Lot could not rob him, I want you to listen carefully, could not rob him of anything that God has for him. Nobody, nobody, nobody 
can rob you of what God has for you. Not the government, not Wall Street, not the stock market, not the dishonest people, not one thing can ever rob you of what God has for you. And if somebody tries, God is going to make it up to you with dividends on top. You see, when you are meek, when your power is under control, when you are under the control of the Spirit of God, God has a blessing that's only for you with your name written all over it. Nobody else can take it from you. God kept His promise to Abraham, and he inherited the earth. He inherited the promised land. Joseph, the epitome of of meekness, he was maligned. He was hated. He was mistreated by his older brothers. And yet, when he came to power, make no mistake about it, that was the superpower of the world, not just of the region. When he came to power, untold power over his brothers, total control over his brothers. He could have taken revenge, but he kept his power under control, and instead he forgave them. Isn't that amazing? That is not natural. It's supernatural. Because Joseph was meek, he inherited the land. As a matter of fact, meekness manifests itself the most when you have power over someone, listen carefully, someone who hurt you badly, someone who hurt you badly, and then you come into power over that person, uh, but you don't do it. You don't use it. You don't use it. Perhaps if you are looking for perfect meekness, then look no further than our Lord Jesus. He was a creator God, but He became the Lamb of God for you, and you, and you and me. He knew all the secrets of all the people who were there during his trial. Just think about this. Knowing Caiaphas' secret, (laughs) oh my goodness, what a temptation. Pontius Pilate could have revealed it all. But when he was reviled, he reviled not. When he was unjustly tried and suffered, he threatened not. He could have. He committed himself to the one whose perfect justice will prevail. His perfect justice will prevail. Say it with me. His perfect Hear me right, please. It took more power for Jesus to surrender to those soldiers who came to arrest him in Gethsemane than for Peter to pull out his sword and chop the ear of the servant of the high priest. It took more power. You see, Peter's action actually is natural, but Jesus' action was supernatural. Let me ask you this. How are you in the meekness department? Are you continuously having that power under control of the Holy Spirit? The reason I said continuously having it under the control of Spirit, because it is not just an event, it's not just an experience, it's not just a one thing you do. No, 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 it continues on day after day after day. You see, it never stops. It never stops. When Jesus said, blessed, happy, makarios are the meek, he was quoting Psalm 37, verse 11. Did you know that? If you can, in your Bible, turn to Psalm 37, because it's really important. 
And we have people now trying to get us to ditch the Old Testament. And Jesus continuously quoted from the Old Testament. In fact, it's the only Bible that Jesus knew. (laughs) He was quoting from Psalm 37. Listen, if you read that psalm, I lived with that psalm several times and occasions in my life when I'm really going through the toughest situations that I've ever faced in the past. I lived with Psalm 37. It's an amazing psalm. And the writer of this psalm must have been going through some horrendous circumstances, probably things we will never understand. Wicked people were trying to cut him down. Dishonest people were slandering him. Evil people were trying to ruin his reputation. I wonder how many of us would have reacted in this kind of a situation. How do you react to this? What most people really do when they get into this situation, because really seldom do we have that kind of power, but most people, what they do when they get under these circumstances that Psalmist in 37 was going through, you know what we do? We fret. That's what most people do. They fret. And that is why he begins the psalm in verse 1 by saying, fret not. (laughs) That's the first thing he comes up with. Fret not yourself, but cease from anger and forsake wrath. A lot of people are fretting these days. See people fretting? Everywhere you turn, they're fretting. Anger and fretting can be very destructive. Here the psalmist is saying, the meek will always trust in the Lord's deliverance. The meek will always trust in God's justice. The meek will always wait patiently for the Lord who says, vengeance is mine. Question, how can I develop this meekness, this power under control? Great question. I'm glad you asked it because I want to answer it. Galatians chapter 5 tells us that you cannot manufacture that. You can't just go, I'm going to be meek, I'm going to be meek, I'm going to be meek. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. You can't manufacture it. It is a fruit and not manufactured object. It's cultivated, not invented. And when you become poor in spirit, when you declare spiritual bankruptcy, and then you live day by day mourning over sin, the spirit of meekness develops in you, cultivates in you, a spirit of Jesus will always bring that meekness. Here I'm going to say something that I personally don't like. Cultivating the fruit of meekness takes time. Oh. My wife would tell you, I know years ago I said, God is trying to teach me patience. I just wish he will hurry up. When Moses was pampered in Pharaoh's palace in Egypt, he knew nothing about meekness. He did not know meekness from cereal for breakfast or kebabs. When he saw two people fighting, with one punch he killed one. Ah, but after 40 years, 40 years in the Midian desert, shepherding, 40 years wondering and wondering, 40 years, God began to cultivate the spirit of meekness in him. Listen to me. Moses could never have done for God what he did. 
if God had not done for Moses what he did. Prior to those 40 years in the wilderness, Moses would have never been able to put up with all the junk. That's the best way I can use. You know, the the Israelites gave him a lot of junk, right? You remember that? And they gave him lots of junk. (laughs) Before those 40 years, no more he will be able to put up with that junk than he to fly to the moon. Listen to me. Some of you may be in a holding pattern right now. And you're kind of going around and around and saying to God, How long, O Lord? How long are you going to keep me in this school? How long are you going to keep me in this situation? Oh, God, get me out of this. Thank God I wasn't there for 40 years, but I was there for about nine years in a holding pattern. And I would cry to God. And God said, at the right time, at the right time. Some of you might be in the wilderness right now and asking, when will I be delivered? Remember, God is cultivating meekness in you so that He may be able to use you in a mighty way. During that cultivation period, you can do one of two things. You can either submit or you can threat. You can submit or fret. Submit or fret. Jesus said the meek will inherit the earth. (laughs) Some scallywag said, you might inherit the earth only if you can survive paying inheritance tax. (laughs) How shall the meek inherit the earth? Well, actually, Psalm 37 gives us the answer. Throughout the psalm, and I tell you because I lived with it for many years in the past, there is a contrast between the wicked and the righteous. The wicked and the righteous. And the wicked and the righteous. The wicked does this and the righteous does this. The wicked does this. And it goes on. The contrast is there. Very clear. And he says, wait a minute. Appearance can be very deceiving. <laughs> Don't fall for that. The outward appearance, it looks like the wicked is winning and the righteous is losing. But it is not like that. (laughs) It is not like that. Don't go by appearances. Delight yourself in the Lord, and you will be able to view things from God's perspective. Delight yourself in the Lord. Trust the Lord with all of your heart, and He's going to show you the inside view of things. Submit to the Lord, and He will give you an incredible preview of the coming attractions. (laughs) As long as you fret, you're only going to see from the outside, which is very deceiving. And as long as you are seeing only the outside, you're going to keep on fretting. (laughs) You're going to keep on fretting. It's a vicious cycle. And that is why the Apostle Paul could say, having nothing, yet possessing all things. You never, ever, ever see Jesus fretting. Just read all the four Gospels. Not one time do you find him fretting. Even when things appear to be the worst, how could it be worse than the crucifixion? Because he knew that his daddy got everything under control. When his disciples were fretting in the storms, Jesus was asleep in the storm. When his disciples were fretting over lack of food, he was totally at peace because he was sure of his daddy's provision. The meek shall get it all. We'll get it all. See, usually an inheritance you get when somebody dies, leave you a bequest, his or her will. But 
In this case, you will fully inherit. Your full inheritance will come when you die. When you die to self, you will grow in meekness. When you die to control, you will grow in meekness. When you die to scheming and manipulating, you will grow in meekness. When you grow in meekness, you'll inherit all things with Christ. Joseph waited upon the Lord, and he was exalted and inherited it all. David waited upon the Lord and refused to kill Saul when he could have more than once, and he became the king of Israel. The meek don't have to fret or fight. All they need to do is submit. James tells us in chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, let me read it to you. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete and lacking in what? Nothing. Do you long to be set free and liberated from anger, from fretting, whatever circumstances you're in? You want to be set free? I believe with all my heart that God wants you to be set free. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.